Another thing that sometimes drives people into depression is this. When you look at the, or you talk to people who've gone through depression, sometimes they have a sense of guilt. So sometimes it's a sense of guilt. It could be guilt over something that they did or a sense of condemnation over something that they did or something that they didn't do that they should have done. So, and these things haunt them for years. And remember that God is not an accuser. The Bible talks about Satan being the accuser of the brethren. He's the one who always accuses people. And sometimes that sense of condemnation makes people feel like they've missed it permanently and that there's no way out of their, their predicament because they've missed one opportunity or they've done one thing that is wrong. But you see, in your relationship with God, you have to understand how he sees you. The Bible says that God predestined us or predestinated us to be like his son. But interestingly, he said before he did that, he foreknew us. Meaning that you as God's child, there's nothing about you that can surprise God. God is never taken by surprise. He knew you, all your faults, all your flaws, all your failures, and then he predestined you. So he, he knew you, your shortcomings, and then still chose you. So that must be clear to you. And then when you are a believer, there, there are some things that you have to understand that God is not holding your sins or your mistakes against you. God's not holding them against you. Sometimes people believe that because they've made committed one error or one blunder, so maybe God's promises for their lives will not come to pass. But look at there's something, there are some scriptures I wanted to look at. Second Samuel chapter 7. So in Second Samuel chapter 7, David had been king for a while and he was happy and everything and he had been established his kingdom was established so one day he said i'm living in a comfortable palace but the ark of the lord is still in a tent so nathan the prophet said oh whatever you want to do king the lord is with you go ahead and do it so david wanted to build a house for the lord he wanted to build a temple and god said no david first god said look i've never complained about being in a tent but because you want to build me a house david i the lord will build you a house and I will always make sure you have a descendant who sits on your throne. And you know that he had descendants all the way until the Lord Jesus. And the Bible says, even calls his throne the, the throne of David. Okay. So God made this wonderful promise to, to David. And a while later, David was in trouble. Second Kings chapter 11. The Bible talks about how David went and committed adultery with one of his top general's wife. It didn't end over there. David set up the man to be killed in battle. And then went ahead and took his wife to himself. If you ever caught in such a thing you think so adultery murder so all those things were david did these things now if you ever god forbid if you you were ever caught in such a thing you would say that that's the end of you your ministry or whatever um ministry that david had that was at the end of david that was not the end of david even with all that david did god still did not withdraw his mercies for from him to the extent that in first kings chapter 15 from verse 1 to 5 David had one descendant who was very bad and he was a king. The Bible says as bad as he was, because of God's promise to David, God did not remove, take the kingdom from him completely, but still left him to rule in Jerusalem because of the word of God to David after David had died and gone. Now, the Messiah is even called the son of David. He's the root and the offspring of David. Think about it. God had made this wonderful promise to David. And David went ahead and did this heinous thing. Wouldn't you expect that God would have said, look, that's the end of it. What I promised you will not come to pass. But the Bible says, even with that, when David confessed, Nathan said, 
your sin has been taken away. You will not die. God forgave him. God forgave him. Now look at how God relates to us in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 12. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 12. It says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. You find people... Maybe they committed adultery or they committed fornication or any other kind of sin. Maybe they did some abortion when they were uh, at some point in their lives and all kinds of things. And they, the guilt of it, the guilt of it. Now, it is not enough to say, oh, it doesn't matter. That's not what the atonement. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there can be no atonement for sin. So the blood of Jesus has been shed, but it has to be applied. Remember when they killed the lamb in Egypt, they had to put the blood on the doorpost and lintel. Is that not so? The same way, this blood has to be applied. You have to believe that Jesus' sacrifice is enough to wash away your guilt and your stains. Once you accept what Jesus has done, the Bible says that the blood washes you clean, clean. So God is no longer holding things against you. And this is important because you need to be free from that sense of condemnation, which has brought you into depression. You have to believe them. You have to believe the word of God. God is saying that another was punished for your sake. Another was punished for your sake. Another was punished for your sake. Now look at Hebrew, Hebrews 10, 17. Hebrews 10, 17 says, And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. From verse 16, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. I will not remember their sins and iniquities anymore. That's what the Bible is saying. So God is not remembering your sins. He's not holding them against you. You have to let go of the sense of condemnation. Look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. verse 1 there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit so there's no condemnation if you keep reading it says that you are not in the flesh but in the spirit verse 9 but ye are not in the flesh but in the spirit if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you so the spirit of God dwells in you so you are not in the flesh there's no condemnation to you no condemnation therefore being justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ you have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. There's no condemnation to you. And this has to sink into your consciousness. And so that you know that God is not holding your sins against you. Your sins are not that big. Don't let your sins be so big in your eyes. Instead of looking at the salvation that Jesus has paid for, you are thinking about your sins. And that all that will do is, the more you look at yourself, the worse you look. The more you look at yourself, the worse you look. And that will just keep sinking you into the abyss. And if all you've been hearing, preaching, all the preaching you've been hearing is always condemning you, making you feel bad, and they say it was correction, but it's not correction, they're just condemning you. Look at how Jesus interacted with the woman in the book of John chapter 4, the woman at the well. Jesus approached this woman who had been married five times, and the sixth husband was not her husband, meaning it was probably somebody's husband that she was living with. 
the person was actively married and she was actively staying with that uh, sleeping with, uh, with that person but jesus met her and said go and call your husband she said she didn't have any husband say hey, you've spoken well because you've had five and the one you are with now is not your husband and he he didn't even start off there he said oh give me to drink gently she said how come you're asking me for water the jews have no dealing with samaritans she just said if you know the one who was asking you this <laughs> if you knew the gift of god and the one who was asking you this water you would rather ask me and i will give you the uh, eternal waters that will, you will never test anyone who drinks this water will get thirsty but the one who drinks the water i'll give him will not test again but the water i give him will become in him a well springing up onto everlasting life so this is how he interacted with her not coming in you wicked adulterous woman you've been living um you've, you've been married five times and the sixth woman man your weight is not no look at the way he approached her by the time the lord was done the goodness of god led that woman to repentance she became an evangelist went to the town and brought all the men to come and listen to jesus and they asked jesus to stay with them for two more days do you understand this so you have to know that god's salvation god's forgiveness is greater than your sin it's a, actually a form of pride when you keep looking at yourself and your shortcomings because the one who paid the price remember he didn't commit any sin he knew no sin in him was no sin but he paid the price for you so when you keep burdening yourself holding yourself responsible for long periods of time that one thing you did that you just not let it go what you are doing is you are cheapening the sacrifice of jesus you are cheapening the sacrifice of jesus the bible says he took our place god made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of god in him in that in second corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 god made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So Jesus became sin so that you would be what? The righteousness of God. So now that you are the righteousness of God, there's no condemnation for you and you have to let go of it. Whatever it is, look, plead the blood. Say, anytime that it comes to your mind, say, I plead the blood of Jesus. I was forgiven. You have to understand, you have to receive the forgiveness. The forgiveness will not do you any good unless you receive it. One form of pride is to think that you are so bad that God cannot forgive you. What you've done is so bad that God cannot forgive you. That's why I told you about the story of David. And with what he did, the Lord was so merciful unto him and gave him a son to sit on the throne. And his first, that son, Solomon, became the wisest man who ever lived until another who was even wiser than Solomon came. That is the person of Jesus Christ. And long after David was there, God was always merciful to his descendants. Despite what he did, don't be holding on to your sins so much. Allow the blood to clean you and free you. Receive forgiveness. If you've done something, maybe you did something to somebody, or you didn't treat somebody right, or you did things that you regret, or you didn't do things that you should have done, receive, receive forgiveness. There's forgiveness available to you now. Receive forgiveness. Receive forgiveness. You know the Bible talks about Jesus. He said that a, a bruised reed he will not break. In that he's not going to say, oh, you are had things for you to do, but you made one or two mistakes. There are eight billion people in the world. I'm going to find somebody else to do this and throw you out, throw you by the wayside. He says, no, he will not break that bruised reed. No, he will not say, oh, diamond doesn't I have too many. I can use anybody. No, he cares about you. He cares about you. So you have to let go of the guilt and embrace the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's go to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32. It tells us something wonderful. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32. It says, And be ye kind one to another. Okay, let me read from verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you 
with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. He says God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. He's not now trying to forgive you. He's not planning on forgiving you. He's not now going to forgive you. He has forgiven you. You've been forgiven. Now, are there any limits to this forgiveness? No. Past, present, future sins, all paid for by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. You've been forgiven. And that's the end of that matter. Let it go and embrace the forgiveness that Jesus has paid for. And let him make something wonderful out of your life. He said to Peter, follow me and I will make you. He said, you follow me, I will make you. Not follow me and try and be and try and do. He said, I will make you. So once you have, you yield yourself to him, he's able to change the story, okay? Maybe you're concerned about your reputation, does something to damage your reputation. He is the one who can restore that reputation for his own name's sake. He said, for my own sake, I blot out your transgressions and will not remember your iniquities. So this is a very important thing, okay? This is so important. Now I want you to look at Colossians 3 verse 13. Colossians 3 verse 13. Colossians 3 verse 13. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. He said, even as Christ forgave you, he forgave you. He's not going to forgive you. He forgave you. He forgave you. So Christ forgave you. So also forgive others. That's what he's saying. So you've been forgiven. Say, I've been forgiven. I've been forgiven. Your sins and iniquities, he will not remember. So this is important. You have to get rid of the condemnation. Get rid of the condemnation. Get rid of that problem. Get rid of that memory. Anytime you remember, take your mind to the cross. The sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. You are not the worst to come on the scene. Don't even worry. It's not even by comparison. But there was a Judah. You know Judah, the fourth son of Jacob, Joseph's brother. Do you know that it was Judah who said they should sell J Joseph? He negotiated the sales price. He sold his brother for 20 pieces of silver and went and deceived their father that an animal had eaten their brother. Think about it. For 20 years, Jacob believed that Joseph was dead. And these Boys or men were in their house with him. They never had pity on the old man and told him that, you know, we actually sold Joseph. No, they never, and they would never have told him if not that hunger took them to Egypt. That's how bad and wicked they are. I don't think you've sold any of your siblings. Even if you did that, the Bible says that later on, what happened? It says Judah prevailed above his, his brethren. And when their father was dying and pronounced a blessing, what did he say? He said, the scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his, his, his feet, until Shiloh comes, for unto him shall the gathering of the people be. So even that blessing, the messianic blessing, was given to Judah. And when they came out of Egypt and they were going into battle, Joseph said, who should take the lead? And God said, Judah will take the lead. Judah. So Judah, with all that he had did, he got what? Redemption and salvation. So don't, don't, don't hold on to your sins so tightly, okay? Receive the forgiveness that the Lord Jesus has paid, has paid for. He paid for it. So once you receive that, that should eradicate the sense of condemnation, the sense of guilt that you carry about because guilt can cripple you. You always feel like you're not good enough. You, you've made it one mistake. Receive forgiveness and keep going. And you see, it's also a form of pride to be there and saying, ah, a whole me. How could a whole me have done this? A whole you? So that's, now you are, bought, you are, you are entering into the zone, the territory of pride because now it's a whole me, a whole me. Who are you? You see yourself so perfect. You couldn't have made a mistake, but then you missed it. No, let it go. Let it go. If there's any sin that you committed in the past, anything that you did wrong that has been haunting you, today, let that guilt depart from you in Jesus' name. And let the peace of God overwhelm you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let the peace of God overwhelm you. Let it take over 
your soul in Jesus' mighty name. So receive the forgiveness. The Bible says the word is remission of sins. Remission. The sin is removed. Never to be brought back again. Never to be brought back. You've been forgiven for all time. For all time. Remember, don't hold on to one mistake. No, no, no. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Now, what does it matter? Maybe the person offended is refusing to forgive you. Once, it does not matter anymore. They cannot withhold God's forgiveness from you. Where you can, of course, you try to make amends. The Bible says, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. But you've gone ahead to make your um, uh, uh, your apologies or try to reconcile even they are not willing. Let it go. Don't worry about it. Let it go. Just receive the forgiveness that God has for you and keep going. Don't think that there's some punishment waiting for you somewhere. No. Jesus, Jesus, the perfect son of God, took your punishment. He took your punishment. Okay? There are some people who believe that they've not had children because maybe they did an abortion some time ago and all those things. And the point I'm making is that even if they did an abortion and then they had complications, do you know that he says he's the, I am the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything too hard for me? If Abraham, who was impotent, he, the Bible says his body was now dead, meaning that he was impotent. And then Sarah, whose womb was dead, she was barren, and then she became postmenopausal. And God was able to give them a child by each other. There's nothing that he cannot do. Okay? There's nothing that he cannot do. That's why he wipes the slate clean and gives you a fresh start. You know, some people say God is a God of second chances. If he was just a God of second chances, would some of us would have been finished. Most of us would have been. Nobody would be there because he is not a God of... To second or third or fourth. He's a God of what? He says that, he, um, he, what, what is he? He said, forgiving the iniquity, okay, to the, uh, like, thousands of generations, showing his mercy to thousands of generations. Do you remember when Peter came to Jesus and said, how often must I forgive my brother? And Jesus said, 70 times 7. <laughs> 490. And if you study it, he was talking about in a day, you know, in a day your brother offends you 490 times, you should forgive. So do you think that Jesus will be asking you to do something that he wouldn't do himself. The scriptures we read, Ephesians 4.32, Colossians 3.13, in each of them, the Bible is talking about how God forgave us. Not that he's trying to forgive us or he's going to forgive us. He says he forgave us already. So he's forgiving you. He's forgiving you. Whatever it was. Today, let that thing go. Today. Okay? And don't even touch it in thought life again. No. Don't hold your don't don't hold it in your mind that ah I made this mistake. No 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 don't do that. That thing all it does is Paul said one thing I do forgetting the past I press on because all that thing that will do is it will hold you in bondage and you will never feel adequate enough. You will never feel adequate enough. Maybe some people they maltreated their spouse and even their spouse died, and then the the, the, the sadness the guilt has overwhelmed them for so long. Let it go. God is able to restore you. And yes, He's even able to give you a home so that you can experience that love, the genuine love of God in, 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 your, in your marital home. Yes. But you have to let, let go of the guilt. Let go of the shame. Let it go and embrace what God has for you. Okay? You have to let it go. So condemnation, guilt and condemnation, they should not stay with you. It is wrong for you to carry your own sin because your sins were laid upon Jesus. The Bible says He did no wrong, but like a sheep was led to her sharers, as, as dumb as that ship was, that's how he was. He, he opened not his mouth. Pilate said, don't you know I have power to release you? He said, no, you don't have power over me if he wasn't giving you from above. 
he didn't he did not open his mouth to defend himself why so that he would have my place so that he would have your place so he took your place so that now the good that you don't deserve the good that he deserves will come on you so that's one it's so important when it comes to come let go of condemnation don't hold on to it don't hold on to condemnation don't allow yourself to be condemned he says who is it that condemns he says it is christ who died he said yay rather that is raised from the dead you understand he said that who, the, who is it that condemns you now nobody can condemn you okay nobody can condemn you verse 33 okay let's read from verse 33 of romans chapter 8 who shall lay anything to the charge of god's elect who is it that shall lay anything to the charge of god's elect it is god that justifies did you see that it says who is it that is going to bring a case against you it is god who justified who justifies who is it that condemns it is christ that died yay he said who is the one who is condemning you it is jesus who died for you not your pastor not somebody not a relative it is Christ Jesus who died for you. Yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing. No one. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. He loved us. Paul said, the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So get acquainted with the love of Christ. Remember that Paul said, I pray for the Ephesians, that they, they, they will know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge. They will know the love of Christ, which surpasses, surpasses knowledge. So today, embrace the redemption, the forgiveness, the remission of sins. Embrace it today and receive it with gladness and let go of the guilt. Let go of the condemnation. Pray this with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus. I, Jesus is my Lord. He's Lord of my life. He took my place of guilt and shame. I receive his place of righteousness. So I let go of guilt. And I let go of condemnation. And I embrace the beautiful life you have for me. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.